What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What is up, TFA fam? Welcome into another show. Draft week, draft month is upon us, so it is time to revisit the rankings, give you guys some, some help and some guidance on who we think are the players are worthy of drafting and where we stand on some of these guys. So with the quarterback episode, what we're going to do is going to run through our top 12, go into some more strategy-based stuff on like when should you be drafting these guys. And then at the end, we'll hit you guys with some just some general talk on if you want to be the late-round quarterback guy in your draft because it kind of seems like the, the top five, top six, everyone wants to get early. And late-round quarterback has kind of like slipped to the wayside this year. But there definitely are some guys you should be keeping in mind if you do want to wait on quarterback. So – Kev, let's go ahead and just jump right into this. Like I said, we're going to go through our top 12. So here is how Kevin has his top 12 for 2021 fantasy football drafts. No surprises through the top five here. It's Patty Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert at six, Russ Wilson at seven, Aaron Rodgers at eight. Jalen Hurts at nine, Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, and then the ageless wonder Tom Brady at 12. Most of mine are, are pretty similar here. We have the same top five, uh, just in slightly different orders. I have it Mahomes, Dak, Kyler, Allen, Lamar at five, Aaron Rodgers at six. I'm a little bit higher on Tannehill. I have him at seven. Joe Burrow at eight. He did not crack your top 12. Russ Wilson at 9. We both have Matt Stafford at 10. I have Herbert at 11, so I'm a little bit lower on him. And then I have Hertz at 12. So let's just quickly go over you know, some of the main differences that, uh, that we have in our rankings. The first one that jumps out is you have Justin Herbert at 6. I have him down at 11. Yeah, I think everything just comes together for this offense. I mean, look at the improved offensive line they, they, they have now there with, you know, the addition of Sean Slater and Matt Filer and Corey Lindsley. And I think, you know, that that is a recipe for success. I do like the addition of Josh Palmer, who they added in the third round of the draft. 
And it sounds like he has been uh, balling out in camp as well. He's been playing well. And so I just think this offense takes another step forward. I also think there's some upside there with his legs. Uh, he is a uh, more mobile quarterback. He's not you know, somebody that's going to get you 700 rushing yards, but I think three to 400 rushing yards is fair for him. And, you know, if you look at him last year, he did have five rushing touchdowns, 20 red zone carries, which was uh, top five in the league. And so, I mean, that team last year was, was uh, you know, kind of a mess, especially in the second half, uh, injuries and, and what have you. But, you know, as long as Keenan Allen can stay healthy here in this offense, like I think with Mike Williams, I think this offense is going to be a lot of fun. Austin Eckler also being healthy and probably seeing an, another 100-plus targets here. So this should be a really, really fun offense this year. And so I just can't see him having him down lower than this because once you get past some of these guys – you get into that point where, you know, and we'll talk about it, but some of these guys that are just aren't mobile and like, I don't just don't have much interest anymore and in drafting a quarterback that this isn't that all that mobile. There's a few that I have interest in. I just prefer these guys that I, that have a little bit of a rushing floor. For me, the reason why I'm a little bit lower on him versus you, he finishes QB 10 last year. And for him to take that next step forward, I think he, they needed to add another like explosive piece. Like I do like Josh Palmer he has been playing well, but it kind of seems like there's going to be a rotation at that wide receiver three spot, kind of dependent on what they're looking for in terms of the game. Uh, Palmer kind of profiles a little more similarly to Mike Williams, who obviously, you know, you were just talking about they already have. But then they're going to throw in guys like Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, uh, as, as that like that, that speed deep down the field threat. So th that's why I'm a little bit lower on him. I mean, the, the dude had 40 over 4,300 passing yards last year, 31 touchdowns. And like, I, I just think it might be a tall task for him to improve on those numbers. I still really like him. If he ends up as my, you know, my QB, if I wait on someone, you know, that who isn't as high on him as you are, he slips in the draft. That's, that's fine by me. But to, to, for him to take that next leap, I think they just need to add a little bit more something to that offense you know we, we've been waiting on the mike williams breakout we like him as someone who's going undervalued but i i just wish they would have added like a another kind of like an alpha piece to this offense right so for for him to like i said for him to improve on those numbers i think might be a, a little difficult could he absolutely but that's kind of why I have him down a little bit further. Well, I mean, I do think they have an alpha. I think his name's Keenan Allen. And uh, he's not your – I mean, obviously, he's right. not your prototypical, you know, X wide receiver, alpha wide receiver. But uh, he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. So that does 100%. help. But he is getting up there in age, and he has had some uh, injuries over the years. And so, you know, if something were to happen to him, that's whenever – you'd probably be a little bit more concerned because they just don't have any sort of uh, depth behind these guys. So, you know, it's tough. Um, but with him, like, I just feel, I just feel pretty confident um, that I think we see him take an even bigger step forward. I mean, he was uh, eight to fantasy points per game last year, 31 passing touchdowns, 4,300 passing yards, like with five rushing touchdowns. Like, I, I mean, I think he could, he could challenge for 50 touchdowns this year. Um, if everything goes well in this offense. So let's, let's jump over to the next guy that we kind of are pretty different on where I have Ryan Tannehill at 11. You have him at seven. I'll just say this for Ryan Tannehill. Like I like Ryan Tannehill. I, I think that this offense um, is probably going to have to throw the ball a little bit more. I also think that there is, they are very, very razor thin in terms of depth. 
because they have nothing, right? Something happens to their offensive line, they're fucked. If something happens to Julio, which happens every year to Julio now, for the most part, right? He's getting older. Something happens to Julio. Now you're just looking at him and Josh Reynolds. Like, there's just so many different, like, there's not that guy that those next guys coming up where you're like, okay, well, you know, they can get by a little bit if something were to happen. It does feel like that this offense is going to take a step back in terms of efficiency, which is what we've seen for Ryan Tannehill his last two years, like this, when he's had this, you know, resurgence, this renaissance in his career. But if you look at him last year, 3,800 passing yards, but 34 passing touchdown with a 7.1 touchdown rate. Like, that's just unsustainable, especially for the amount of passes that, that he throws. I mean, you're talking about a guy. He finished 481 attempts, which is 18th among all quarterbacks. Um, but like I said, you know, 34 passing touchdowns. I mean, the, the, those two, two things just don't equate. But he was also 21.8 fantasy points per game. And so – I just think his efficiency is going to drop. And if that happens, I just think that we see him drop a little bit. I mean, if you look at him in terms of rush department, he does offer something in terms of, in terms of there as well. But he had 266 rushing yards, but he only had 43 carries. So it's not like this is a player that they're asking him to, to run the ball a lot. I mean, 2.7 carries per game, but he did have seven rushing touchdowns, but he only had 10 red zone carries as well. So, I mean, significantly less than what Justin Herbert had. I guess overall for me, um, he doesn't offer enough, and I just think there's too many ways that this offense can go back, go wrong. So I would just prefer most of the guys that are going ahead of him. Yeah, he's a weird one for me because I'm I'm not entirely sure that I would draft him at that. Like that's kind of that spot where like I, I think I would like let him fall and try and pick up someone like you know a, a round or so later. But I, I do think that he kind of belongs in this range. Herbert, I think, is just as thin offensively. He obviously doesn't have the efficiency problem that Tannehill has where you can see that go uh you know much worse for for Tannehill than somebody like Herbert. But since he took over in uh week seven in twenty nineteen for the Titans he ended up being a, a top three, top five option, depending on how your scoring sits. Last year, does the same thing, comes in as a top eight option. Then they go out and they add Julio, which, you know, we, we know the deal with Julio, right? Kind of, you know, banged up in and out of lineups. I think if Tannehill does slide a little bit with the efficiency, I do think we see a, a slight tick up in his passing attempts with the new OC coming in. You know, looking at what he did whenever he got his one shot with Oakland back several years ago. It's still largely going to be the same offense. I think they basically kept the, the same verbiage and all that stuff. But I, I do think we see – I think we see this open up a little bit more. Like, there, there's no reason to go out and get a guy like Julio if you're still just going to throw – what, 28 to 30 times a game. I think we see that take a take a slight tick up. I'm not going to say that they're going to be, you know, top 10 in pass attempts or anything like that. But even just that slight tick up could help offset some of that efficiency. And he's someone who, you know, typically we tell people not to chase efficiency. Like if someone's super efficient from one year, you shouldn't bank, at, bank on that the next. But he's someone who I think like deserves, quote unquote, to be ranked up here. But I might not actually take him as QB7 off the board, but I do think he finishes somewhere around here. It is entirely possible. I, I don't mind taking a shot on Tannehill, depending on if he falls, but he has been kind of uh, slowly moving up ADP. I mean, you know, a month ago he was going around the 10th round. Now he's going in the 8th round. So the best example is him and Jalen Hurts are sitting there right next to each other at 809 and 904. 
right? And I'm on the clock, and if I really want to take a quarterback, I'm taking Jalen Hurts all day. And I know people are going to have to scoff at that because the way the fantasy uh, community works or the people that play fantasy football, it's they have to see it to believe it. Like you can't just talk about what a player brings to the table that nobody will believe it until it happens. And so, you know, everybody's getting down on J- the people that hate Jalen Hurts, just hate Jalen Hurts, say he's terrible, blah, blah, blah. The guy has 800 rushing yard upside. Okay. There's not many running quarterbacks that have that. We're, 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 we're talking about who? Kyler Murray. And Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts could rush for a thousand this year. Like it, it is well within the range of possibility. He's that good of a runner. But I also think that you can make a case that he's he might be a, a better passer than what Lamar Jackson is as well. Right. I don't think he's as dynamic as Lamar Jackson in terms of a runner. But I, I, I in terms of like his athleticism and some of the stuff he's able to do in open field, like Lamar Jackson can. We'll see how things work out with Devontae Smith. Now he's back in practice. You know, Jalen Rager, second year, Dallas Goddard, you know, Miles Sanders, whatever. But people are sleeping on Miles, uh, Jalen Hurts. Like Jalen Hurts is probably my if I'm going to go with like a later round quarterback, it's Jalen Hurts because he he offers that 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 absolutely ridiculous upside with because you see it right look at Lamar Jackson look how bad he was last year in terms of as a passer just terrible like if you didn't have that rushing floor the guy wouldn't be in the league right now right he may we'd be talking about maybe not him starting right if he didn't have that but because he rushed for a thousand yards he still finishes a top 10 quarterback last year overdraft fees are just the worst get up to 200 dollars in fee-free overdraft with a chime checking account sign up today at chime.com slash goals 24 banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp bank na or stride bank na members fdic spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's talk about one more guy that we are different on. Uh, we did not mention him in your top 12 quarterbacks. He wasn't mine, and that is Joe Burrow. I have him at QB8. You have him at QB13. I'll keep this short and sweet. For me, it's simple. It is volume and it is weapons. But like That's that's really all, all I need to say with this one. We know that they're going to run. Uh, they're going to run plays at a fast pace. We know there's going to be a metric shit ton of pass volume to go around because that defense is also going to be bad. And we know they have the weapons with taking Jamar Chase in the first. And then, you know, having Mixon, he's supposed to be seeing the, the most pass volume of his career that he's seen. And then you have the, the second-year guy with T. Higgins and the always reliable Tyler Boyd. So that is why I have him all the way up here. I get the line concerns, but he's going to have to throw, plain and simple. They, they, maybe we don't get the, uh, the amount of explosive plays that we want because he's not going to necessarily have the time to drop back in the pocket and let those plays develop downfield. But there are plenty enough of, you know, super talented wide receiver options here. Then you add in Joe Mixon, who I think, you know, this is going to be the year we get the year that we wanted from Mixon for the past two to three. So like I said, that that for me is plain and simple why I have him as high as I have him. So I'm curious to hear why you have him down at 13. The, the, my, my problem with the Bengals uh, is that initially I was there with everybody. But the more you start hearing things that like Joe Burrow uh, is not comfortable at all, you know, in the pocket with his knee, he doesn't trust his knee yet and all these things like it's going to take him time. 
And how long? I don't know. Is it going to be a you know a couple of weeks thing in the preseason? You know, in the regular season, you know, he gets some hits and everything else happens, and he gets over it. Could be, or this could be something that goes on for you know multiple weeks. I don't know, but I know that he right as of right now, you know, all the conversation out of their camp is that he's just not he's not comfortable in that, and you know back there right now. That's a problem. Two, Jamar Chase looks like shit. Okay, looks like shit right now. Now. I am not writing Jamar Chase off whatsoever. Uh, he hasn't played since 2019. There's a lot of factors going on here against him. And I think he just has a little bit of the yips, right? A lot of expectation on him. And I think he'll be fine in the long run. I really do. But you have to have some level of concern for a guy that everybody's drafting in the top 24 for a player that just absolutely looks as bad as he does, like looks lost out there. I think there should be some concern with Jamar Chase right now. And if there is, well, then those weapons are, don't look nearly as uh, as attractive because as well, they don't have a tight end. You know, it's not like they have, you know, explosive tight end and all this other stuff. Like this is like a, a Chiefs offense side of situation. So for me, I'm I, I'm pulling back the reins on the, the, this, this uh, you know, this passing offense a little. And, you know, I'm saying, okay, this could go sideways really quickly. That's why, for me, that I'm lower on Joe Burrow. And essentially, I'm ranking him where I know that I'll never get him. And if anybody were to see my rankings, they wouldn't take him. Because I just think there's a little bit too much risk, especially considering he's going in the eighth round around some of these other guys. He's not a later-round guy. Go ahead and drop a comment. Let us know where you sit on some of these guys that we've discussed. We do want to wrap this up with uh, just some, some general strategy talk. And then if you're waiting on past all of these guys – some later round guys for you to target. So Kev, for for me, this is the year where I think I kind of want one of these top five guys, whoever I can get last. Basically, uh, Dak or Lamar are the ones who typically are going to fall. I'm, I'm fine with either of those, my QB1, if I can get them like in that sixth round. Other than that, I think I kind of like want to wait on like that middle and then grab somebody a, a little bit later. But that's kind of how I am, uh, how I've been attacking it and like my best ball drafts and the redraft uh, I just did. What, like, how, how are you attacking the quarterback position for 2021? Like, I, I really don't have a problem taking a quarterback once you get to Kyler Murray, uh, once you start at him, uh, if, if you want to go there. Because if you look right now in ADP, I mean, Kyler Murray's not going to 407, where you actually have Josh Allen going at 312, Pat Mahomes going at 212. I can't mess with the quarterback there in the second or third no. round. But Kyler in the fourth, sign me up. I don't mind even taking – if you want to take a shot on, you know, quarterback in the fifth, right? I think it really depends on your build and kind of how things turn out. I don't mind getting one of those guys because, again, I'm looking for that rushing upside. There's only so many guys that have that now. And, like, when I look at – once we get to the later part of, part of the draft, and it's weird for me, too. It's weird because I've always been the huge advocate of late-round quarterback. But now, like – like one, like ADP has gotten so so sharp now that like there's not this advantage really. Because if you look at the later round guys, all the players that are going later in drafts, to me, like I mean, Jalen Hurts still in the ninth round, I think is fine. Matt Stafford going in the eighth is a little like that's a little. That's I mean, I love Stafford, but man, that's a little bit high. And then from there, you I mean you have the rookies, Trey Lance, Justin Fields going in the eleventh. You have Baker Mayfield, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tua, Big Ben, like. None of those really do anything for me. Like, I think they're fine streaming options. And I think, if, to me, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how my roster turns out, right? If, if, I'm, if I'm drafting and it just happens to be guys that I'm sitting there on the clock that I, that I just absolutely can't pass up, that, and if I end up having a punt quarterback, I can do that. Because I think there's, there, there's a uh, rule of thought for me of how I would handle it if, I'm, if I do punt. 
uh, quarterback and I don't go early, then I would what I would do is I would tra- take a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields because um, right now we got you know a couple weeks ago in San Francisco it was no quarterback controversy. Jimmy G's our guy. There's no competition. Yeah. Today or yesterday, all of a sudden, now it's like, well, I'm not naming our week one starter. Oh, okay. Well, in two weeks, all of a sudden it changed. So now it sounds like it's a possibility that Trey Lance could start week one. I still prefer Justin Fields, you know, for this year probably. Um, but I have no problem taking one of those two guys late. And then they coming, you know, my, with my last pick, taking, you know, a Tua – or somebody like that, right? Who I'm going to I'm going to use for now, and I can stream the position until one of those guys gets a play. Because whoever, whenever they do, I guarantee you, those guys are going to be depending on when it happens, they're going to be the number one waiver ad for those weeks. I guarantee you. So I don't mind if you have the now. I wouldn't do it if I had like a let's say like a five man bench or something like that. You, you have short benches, then I can't do it. Take your one quarterback and move on. However, if you're in a league where you have seven, eight bench spots, something like that, then I then I would really uh, take a look at it. So you're the same mindset as me, is where you're kind of like either you're either you're going early or you're going late. You're kind of punting that that middle round. Outside of some of the guys you mentioned with with Tua, are there any other late round guys? Like if you're not going to hold Fields or Lance, and you're just going to go straight late round, who are some of the guys you like? I, I like Tua as well. We both know, uh, you know, you like Carson Wentz. You've been talking about him a bunch. And I think Big Ben is is kind of growing on me in terms of a late-round guy. I still think that, like, there's a lot that can go sideways without with that offense as well. But I think if you're going to wait on somebody, you know he's at least going to, quote-unquote, be fresh at the beginning of the year. We know he has the weapons. You add in someone like Najee. Patty Fryermuth looking like a boss out there. Shout out Penn State. But I, I think he he is someone who I think that you can, you know, use for the first couple of weeks and then start to to stream the position after that. Like you said, maybe with a, a Fields or a Lance by the time that they're ready to come around. Is there anybody else that you didn't mention you just want to rattle off quick and then we'll wrap this up? Yeah, I think there's a few guys that I like. Uh, you already mentioned one of them with Carson Wentz. I he, he returned to practice today. I uh, mean, he did not look like he's missed any time. He looked fantastic out there today, you know, and, and his return to practice along with Quentin Nelson. So love to see that. That's good for, you know, all the, the pass catchers there that I absolutely love that we'll talk about when we get to the wide receivers. But love Carson Wentz. I have Carson Wentz much higher than everybody else does. I am at 16. I guess I'm not that much higher. You have him at 18. But then the rest of everybody, I mean, Rot or Christian over here had him at 27. That's just ridiculous. Get out of here with that. But then Jameis, I, I'm a QB 14. I think he starts. Um, he looks like, I mean, listen, I know it's preseason, but that dime that he dropped to Marquez Callaway, uh, well, actually, uh, both of them were, were fantastic. But yeah. I was the 40 yard variety one was fantastic. And then the passing, the, the back shorter fade that he had, you know, the, on the second touchdown to Marquez Callaway looked just pretty, right? He didn't throw, he had no picks, you know, hey, that's exactly what you're looking for. And then, you know, we got Taysom out here throwing throwing, uh, throwing fits, saying that, you know, well, if I'm not going to be a quarterback, then they need to get me out of here. Like, shut up, dude. You've never done nothing in the NFL. 31-year-old ass, you know, think that you should be the starting quarterback. You know, anyways, but, so I like Jameis. We've seen Jameis provide top five upside. And I know the stick with him is, well, he's going to throw 40 interceptions and everything. I can't do that. Players grow, right? And and hopefully him sitting out and basically just working on his craft, not starting, you know, being humbled, I think, a little bit. You know, going in there with Sean Payton, learning behind Drew Brees, 
getting the eyes corrected, um, all those things, like I think it could work out. And he has that gunslinger mentality. And when things are going well, things are going really well. The only problem is right now is that that's that New Orleans offense uh, doesn't possess a ton of weapons. But Marcus Callaway, he looked – I mean, again, it's preseason. But that dude looked good. Like, I mean, he, he – like, and I put him in my uh, – you know, I ta- – hell, I remember talking about him months ago when I brought him up. And you, you know, uh, you were a little uh, – took it aback that I brought him up because he was more of a dynasty guy. He's been on my radar for a while, and he has balled all the way through preseason. I don't know. Maybe Marcus Callaway is the real deal. You know, uh, maybe he is. And maybe he, maybe he is that guy. Maybe he is that guy. Guys, that is going to wrap up the show. Drop some comments. Let, let us know what you think. If you have any questions, drop them here. Or better yet, join the Discord that, that has been popping off. Had a lot of good discussion. It's been kind of hard to keep up sometimes throughout the day because there's been a, a lot of back and forth. But it's been a lot of fun watching that grow. So leave some comments here, your questions here. Jump over to the Discord. We appreciate all of you. We are creeping up on 1,500 subs. So if you are not subscribed yet, Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button. Until the next time, for Kevin, for myself, for the TFA fam, see you on the next one. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.